We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lucky Podcast is on CFE Nation, presented by Twisted T. He is the co-host of Locked On Wolfpack, Locked On ACC, with our girls C Squared. You know our girl C Squared. She she has a little crush on Marcus Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Freeman got that effect now. Oh man, it's so funny hearing her talk about it too. But we are pleased to welcome to the Lucky Duffy Podcast family. I got Kent Gibbs from Locked On ACC. Kent, welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast, my friend. What's going on, folks? I'm excited to be here, and uh, I too have a crush on Marcus Freeman. So that makes <laughs> that makes all of the uh, Locked On ACC. You know that. I, hey, listen, I can admit when a man is beautiful. That's a beautiful brother. Okay. <laughs> That's Any right. man that know how to, and I'm gonna tell you this: everybody is surprised by how he's crushing it and recruiting. Any man that knows how to find a good barber in South Bend, Indiana, you understand me? That man said, "If I got to go up to Benton Harbor up in Michigan to get me a cut, I'm gonna find me a cut." I'm gonna, and he did it, and he did it. So you know, we gotta give him love. We gotta give him love. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, or the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy between Iowa and Iowa State, maybe heading to Tuscaloosa to watch Texas and Alabama, 
or any other matchup in the Week 2 action, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Oh, man. Before we hop into this matchup, man, and some other ACC talk. You excited about your guys opening up the NFL schedule tonight, man, at Arrowhead? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As a, as a Lions fan, I, I can tell you this. I've been there for 0-16, okay? And yeah, people always ask me. Yeah. They, they always say, oh, that guy, that must have been tough. Baby, I was a poor kid growing up in Detroit. 0-16 was the best thing that could have happened. They couldn't give away those tickets. They, I mean, <laughs> you walk in there with $10 and you down there sitting by the players. You almost yeah, talking to John Kittner. Hey man, how y'all doing? Y'all all right? Oh no, I'm not on the team. I'm just here. I'm just here, y'all. Good, good to did see they you. Give you all, did they give you all the perfect attendance tickets in school as well? Oh, listen, let me tell you something. They gave they gave away with uh Big Macs at, at Burger King. They gave them yep. things away with Happy Meal. They gave, I'm telling you, the lines were trying to get people in for field by any means necessary. See, some games got blacked out on TV, and so everybody's like, oh, it must have been tough being a Detroit fan. No, if you want to go and you had a couple hours, just go ahead and go on down there. You know, I, I vividly remember. I grew up on uh, West Warner Greenfield. You catch the 22 bus down where you get the Grand River. You catch the Grand River all the way down to the stadium, and you in there. You in there. You, in there. you, didn't, you didn't have to pay for a ticket. They wouldn't go patch you down at the gates. Oh, you're not supposed to be here. Just, come on. Come on. We know. Fill we it know. up. So, Fill it so, up. I, so now we got uh, Motor City, Dan Campbell rolling. We got – Jared Goff may not be able to push the ball further than 20 yards downfield, but I'll tell you what, in 19 and under, he he's surgical with this thing, Jake. He's surgical with it, okay? So I'm excited about the Lions. I'm excited about seeing them open up uh, the season in Arrowhead. It's a big challenge, but, you know, Chris Jones, keep holding out as long as you need to until you get paid, brother. Get paid. It's a disservice to all the D-tackles. You know, I'm a former D-tackle myself, Chris. You, you sit out till they pay you. To the, yeah, Travis Kelsey, you, you rest advocate. that knee. Tra- you Tra- Travis Kelsey, you rest that knee. It's week one. It's a long season, brother. It's a long season. You know, we don't want to see you get hurt. I, I, I care about you, Travis. I care about you, okay? Take care of yourself. Sit, sit out this game, okay? Pat, I know you got the ankle thing going on from the Super Bowl. I don't know if you got to sort it out. You know what I mean? You can sit out too. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. That's right. But, no, I'm, I'm excited for the challenge. I think it's going to be a great game. And at the end of the day, I just want to see uh, a really good game to start the season off, and I think it'll be that. 
Lucky Lefty podcast, Sean Davis, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are pleased to have Ken Gibbs, co-host of Locked On ACC. Let's jump into this matchup. Dave Dorn has been pretty adamant talking about how important the atmosphere is going to be. Uh, inclement weather might play in this game with some rain being in the forecast. Uh, you guys come off, or North Carolina State comes off a nice win over Connecticut. They gave up some big gains in the run game, mm-hmm. which a lot of people look at the matchup with the Notre Dame offensive line and say, oh, that might be problematic. But they yeah. do get some starters back this week. Most teams get better week one to week two. They lost a lot on that front line defensively as far as graduation. Right. How do you think they're going to fare against the Notre Dame offensive line, and what do you think they're going to do early on? Do you expect them to be a little bit aggressive, or do you expect them to do a kind of save things and see how things go and just see how Notre Dame is going to play things early on? So let me correct you just a little bit there. They okay. lost a lot in the linebacking court. We lost two starting linebackers who were four-year guys who, you know, they were starters when my hairline was holding firm. And as you can see, that, that, you know, I'm bald as can be these days. But uh, with that being said, the the defensive line um, is they're very experienced. And, and I think one of the best things that can happen in these early season games happen in NC State. I'm a mm-hmm. firm believer that if you're going to learn a lesson, learn a lesson in the win. You know, don't, don't walk out of yeah. there and limp it out of there some of our impact players did not play well. So you talk about some of the big gashing runs. If you take away two runs from UConn in that game, I believe their longest run was 75 yards. Their second longest run was about 30 some odd. And they only had about 150, 160 yards rushing. So that's, that's exactly what I mean in terms of they did not play that poorly. However, the plays that did gash them went at some of our stars, which is what I love to see. Because that's telling these th- the, the guys who were supposed to be big names, hey, you looking ahead to Joe Alt, brother, you got a tackle right here in front of you that can cut you off on the backside. And we all know the rules in football. If you get out of your gap, the ball will find it. And so we had multiple guys uh, who, who were along that, that way. But like you said, they're getting Savion Jackson back. You obviously are looking at Davin Van as a guy to be an impact. You look at C.J. Clark as another guy uh, to be an impact player. And so – this ultimately will come down to can Notre Dame play bully ball as they have done all year? A combined score in their first two games of 98 to 6. I mean, oh, geez, Louise, no mas. They, they, they're putting on that scoreboard something crazy. And with that being said, this is very simply going to be about can Notre Dame impose their will early? Can NC State stop them from imposing, imposing their will early? And also the matchup of can these NC can this NC State secondary, which is supposed to be one of the best in the nation, which I believe on tape they showed it last game. I'm gonna tell you, the boys need to hit the jug machine now. They they have more drops to speaker knockers. They defense. They, they have more drops to speaker knockers in 08. Now that that was that was a little <laughs> bit of a problem. But with that being said, um, it's it's the matchup of can these unproven Notre Dame receivers win their one on ones against NC State? Because if the ball is ran well. Estimate, I don't know why y'all out there lying. They estimating how much he weighs because ain't no way that boy's 225. Ain't no, no way. No, 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 no. I know what 225 look like. That that's yeah. what I, I I looked at him and I said, that that man is no lighter than 240. Why why yeah, y'all no sitting way. up there? Yeah. He two hey, biscuits hey, away from hey, 265. Which he runs run, he run run happy too. He runs like does. oh yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Which number seven is, is bigger in your opinion? Estimate or Moffa from Clemson. 
Ooh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I, so I've seen I've seen Mafa in person. I've seen Mafa like in person this year. I was at the Duke Clemson game, and he looked like a low. But I don't know if it's just because I saw Estime on TV and the camera had ten pounds. <laughs> yeah. But even that's even cool. with him and Mafa, I'm looking like mm, I don't know. I don't, again, y'all coming to the state of North Carolina. I know y'all don't got Bojangles in Indiana, but he looked two Bowberry biscuits away. From, right. from Marcus Freeman said, hey, brother, put your hand in the dirt. Let's just try it out. Let's yeah. just try it out. Just let's just see out. how you can get after a quarterback. Just a little bit. Just one, one or two times. So, you know. Especially if he, especially putting that ball on the ground. Might, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wide receivers can't drop the ball. Running backs can't fumble the ball. Those are two things I see you get transferred to the other side real quick. <laughs> how, how important is Brendan Armstrong offensively in this game? Yeah, yeah. So I'll say this. The quarterback is the most important position in football. We've got all these rules created to make freedom of movement and all that good stuff. But I'm going to tell you this. Brennan Armstrong is always going to be vitally important uh, to this offense because Robert and I wants to push the ball down the field. Brennan Armstrong has proved that he can do so at a high level. What, what NC State fans are waiting for is to see that Virginia offense come back. The only problem is last year I'm, – I'm sorry, not last year, last week – the offensive line was losing one-on-one battles to UConn's defensive line. Now, UConn's defensive line is a lot better than everybody thinks. I am I am promising you, at the end of the season, they will be probably top third of the country in sacks. I have no Jim, doubt about that. Jim Morris doing a heck of a job with that. He is. He is. They got better and better as the season went on. Their 31-point loss to <laughs> NC State was their last loss by two touchdowns or more all last season. So, you know, that's a team that's constantly getting better. With that being said, their defensive line was good. And the, the question is, can the offensive line hold up to allow Brennan Armstrong to throw the ball out and, and get it deep? Because, you know, I, I like to uh, – I don't know if y'all are wrestling fans or not, but I say that, that Brennan Armstrong is the Jeff Hardy of college football. That man don't care. He'll put his body on the line. He going off the top rope. He jumping off tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh, my. He'll do whatever it takes to get the first down, which is good. It's good in theory. You can do that against UConn. Um, those boys from Notre Dame, those gold helmets, they they come with a little more weight behind them. We just talked about estimate, but even the, the entire defense, a, a bunch of linebackers that have been there. I believe y'all got what three fifth year linebackers that are, yeah. are playing a lot. Like Dudes that, don't want to go home. They just again, sticking around. They hey, listen, hey, listen, y'all get on LinkedIn, all of y'all. Stop it. <laughs> get Stop on it. That's right. That's what we tell you. Go on to graduate now. And hey, NC State ain't innocent because Ross on his eighth year. You too, brother. You 26. <laughs> right. Go ahead and get on LinkedIn, big dog. Right, go ahead. Go you know, I'm just saying. But but in all seriousness, um, yeah, this this game, Brennan Armstrong is going to be important. But I think what's going to be more important is can the offensive line hold up against Notre Dame's defensive line? This game will be one and lost in the trenches more than anything else psychologically what's a win do or does a loss impact you guys this season that much going into ACC play going into the rest of the season because it some teams in, in, in these situations with the team that they're playing you think of Oregon when they played Georgia early on yeah took them out psychologically real early first yeah. game of the season it kind of messed them up towards the end mm-hmm. for you guys what I know it's a big game and you know it's Notre Dame not many people are thinking that you guys are favored, but psychologically, what's it like for you guys going into this game? So I'll say this. Everything is contagious. Everything is contagious. And what do I mean by that? Y'all see what's happening with Clemson right now, now that they lost that first game? 
Everybody, Every, everybody, the the ice ain't as cold. The jokes ain't as funny. Your old lady ain't as pretty. Nothing yeah. is as good. You you start looking at it, all of a sudden that you, is that a beauty mark or a mole? Which one? Is, hold on, that's now. right. But, but that's what happens when you lose, right? That's what happens when that happens. And NC State, it this is a credit to Doran. NC State is no longer in the moral victory stage of this thing. Like there is a, there was a stage where, oh, we played them close. That's what matters. I was part of Doran's first ever recruiting class. If we played a team close, if we played the Clemson or Florida State close, the fans were excited. Oh, that's optimism right there. We, you know, we were one play away. We almost got them. Now he's in that stage where it's showing prove time, brother. You've got to win these games and all that. And, and so if there is a loss here, I think it sets them back. But if it depends on how the loss goes. If you have a close loss, you hang your head, you lick your wounds, but you say don't let one loss turn into two. And you get going for the the next game. If we see a, a Georgia and uh, Oregon situation, that's a totally different story. But on the yeah. flip side of that, a win is also contagious. Now yeah. a win has you saying, "Hey, we told y'all, Sam Hartman is one and two against us, baby. He ain't never won in Raleigh. He's zero three now. He, he, you know, he, he's another one of the boys. He may not. I'm have- not gonna do no Gatorade shower on the coach though, are y'all? Oh, he's, no Gatorade shower. Are they rushing no, the field? Shower. But they're rushing yeah, that field. Rushing. They're rushing that field. It, what What did NBA young boy say? It's a parade inside my it's city. A parade. <laughs> it's a parade inside of Raleigh. The it's city of Raleigh. You're going to rush the field third game of the year. But here's the thing. You got to understand. Notre Dame is like a, a pseudo. Notre Dame is such a big brand that I don't think many Notre Dame fans realize this. Y'all have more teams that are like y'all pseudo rivals than you realize. NC State is one of those teams, thanks to uh, our head strength and conditioning coach, D'Antonio Burnett, who was there with Phillip Rivers and all that, way back in that Gator Bowl that they beat uh, the, uh, the the Fighting Irish. And it's been ever since then, it's been a thing of like, NC State, like, yeah, we can, we can hang with them. We can beat them. This is so, you know, it's that same type of deal that they're going to rush the field. You know what I mean? Like, this is a team that, again, they've dominated early. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I, I'll be happy. I've been wrong in the past. I'll be wrong again in the future. I, I talk a lot on there and about different things with sports. And we all know none of us are, are clairvoyant. If we were, right. I'd go to FanDuel and run it up. I'd never work again today. Run it up. My, my parlays <laughs> would be busting, baby. But with that being said, with that being said, um, this is a, a, a very simple thing of I predicted Notre Dame to uh, be a playoff team or at least closer to the playoffs than Georgia this year. So I'd be happy to eat some crow if NC State comes in and, and, and pulls off an upset here. But even with that being said, in Notre Dame's case, they still would have a path to the playoffs, even if they lost this game to NC State. So, you know, just a oh, thought there. I don't know if Notre Dame fans would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, so so here's my thing. Here's my thing. If you look at Notre Dame's schedule, it sets up mm-hmm. in a way that even if they lost this game, let's say USC runs through their schedule like Tomb Raiders. Let's see that they just dominate everybody. They whoop CU and Travis Hunter and Shador and all them. They whoop on everybody else. And then they lose to Notre Dame. What then happens to a one-loss Notre Dame that goes through their schedule? Again, we just saw the way that they they laid it on Navy thick. I said, all right, call in the Air Force and the Army too. For Christ's sake. This is, I know that, that, that you know, they'd be in international waters over there in Ireland. They technically our territory, but go do something. Help them boys out. Our yeah. service members ain't supposed to get dead like this. And then, you know, Tennessee State, more power to them. You know, you know this was, they, they, they got a nice check out of it. You know, they got but you, it, And it, that was Notre Dame's what, first ever game against the FCS team? Like, you know, you expected that. You expected it, it, it not too much. If hey, Notre Dame, hey, this, hey, the Tennessee State alum 
showed up. They threw some nice parties, boy. South Bend has never been that lit. Oh, I bet. I bet. I bet. Listen, that, it's different. It's it's a difference between line dancing and hitting the electric slide. I'm going to just say that. I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that there. You know what I mean? When you hear that, it's electric. It hits a little different. It hits a little right. different. You know what I mean? So, uh, but, but in all seriousness, you know, this is – I, I know that the fans wouldn't necessarily agree with me because I know Notre Dame fans have a, a standard of excellence and like, oh, you know, we need to go undefeated every year to get there. But there's still a path for them um, if they if they were to lose this game to get get to the playoff. That's that's very much so not a thing where it's like all of our goals are dead now because we lost this game. Yeah. So let's get to it. Let's... Mm-hmm. Hey, man. How close let's is Dabo to uh, losing his grip? Who let, let me let me let me tell you something, man. I can Dabo, in my opinion, mm-hmm. kind of set himself up the early stages of this new evolution of college football. Yeah, he did. And it's cool being that we talked about it yesterday. It's it's so many different ways to be a principled man. Yeah. yeah. Deion Sanders is a principled man. Absolutely. Right? Nick Absolutely. Saban is a principled man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so standing up there trying to be a principal man, you know, preaching from your soapbox, that's cool. It's cool. But ultimately, you have a job to do. And if you're not willing to do what's necessary as college football evolves to do the job. And your way's not working. And, and your way's not working. Exactly. My brother, I don't know. The coaching <laughs> program, because people want to go to the coaching. And I say, I look on the field, I don't see a T. Higgins. I don't see a D. Hop. I don't right. see a Trevor Lawrence. Like, I see some four stars, and you can tell, bro, they got a roster and full we, of four and five stars. Yeah, but I don't see those dudes. I don't see no dudes. Well, well let, me, let me tell you, I'm going to say this. Again, the, if you've ever, uh, ever seen Iron Man 2, right, when Whiplash mm-hmm. is talking to him and he said, uh, how do you make people cease to believe in a God? You make them yeah. believe. That's yeah. the same thing that's happening with Dabo right now. Last year, the bleeding started. And now the sharks are out in the water, big time. They can smell it. They, oh, that drop of blood. We got all we need. We got all yeah. we need. And, and so with that being said, I think that Dabo has backed himself into a corner. But I think this is a corner that he can easily get himself out of. Let Garrett Riley call the plays as he wants to. I think one of the most damning things that has come out of this loss and everything is is – Dabo Sweeney saying, we didn't bring in Garrett Riley to run Garrett Riley's offense. We brought him in to coordinate Clemson's offense. My brother in Christ, what under God's green earth are you talking about? I wanted to say something else, but I think y'all got a clean rating on, on YouTube, and I want to demonetize y'all, boy. But what under God's green earth? Wasn't are that you- confusing, the fact that Garrett Riley caught straight bullets and Clemson ran for over 200 yards? Yeah. Right? They put up 400 yards of offense. I didn't see their offense as a problem. Yeah. yeah, they just they, gave the game away. Yeah, and and let me tell you something. There is a a saying that I I heard from one of my coaches when I was a child, and I never let it go. Big time players make big time plays in big time moments. Yeah. and the reality is, at the moment of truth, Clemson choked up plenty of times yeah. when they missed two field goals that are inside forty yards. When you're doing this, when you're on the sideline telling your kicker that the trajectory the kicks you go at. Brother, it's too late. You should have did that again. When yeah. Barrett Carter is saying after the game, I'm not in football shape. Why are you not in football shape? Yeah. Why are you not? And this is my biggest problem with the conference realignment conversations because everybody's talking about we need more money. We need more money. You see how much money Clemson got? 
How many other ACC teams complained about not being in game shape in, in week one? Duke ain't say nothing about it. And them boys, are, with all due respect, with all due respect, Duke football does not have the facilities of Clemson. Nowhere no. near. So no. I think that Dabo is, he has established himself enough to get a actual an actual down year. He can get one year. However, that next year needs to start off early and popping. They need to dominate from jump. Leave no doubt. What's a down year, though? And this is why I said one actual down year, because many people said last year was a down year for Clemson. But let's look at their uh, achievements last year. They Double-digit wins, won the ACC championship game by double digits. They dominated UNC in a way that was like, are you sure they're supposed to be here? Which they weren't, but that's another story for another time. Yeah, which they and, weren't. They yeah, I mean, it's the, the, you know, I'm an NC State guy. I, I, anytime I get to take down the Tar Heels, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, people used to think I wore knockoff Jordan because I was broke. That is why. But, you know, I, I also say because I, I just can't get money to Jordan. But that's not, neither here nor there. The reality is um, that is a team that last year won a, a conference championship, went to a New Year's Six Bowl, did all the things that you would say, hey, anybody else in the conference, if UNC does that last year, they're celebrated. They build Mac Brown a statue. If NC State does that last year, they're celebrated. They build Dave Dorn a statue. Virginia Tech, same thing. They, they would love to have that type of year. Virginia, so many other teams. Of all the teams in the conference, I don't think a single one of them would have complained if they had Clemson's year last year. So that's not a down year. A down year to me, seven to five eight games. wins. They're going to lose five games. And that's what I'm saying. Seven to eight wins or less. If they have seven to eight wins or less, that's the down year that Dabo will get one. Everybody gets one once you win a couple national championships. But he has set the bar for those Clemson fans. They are spoiled. They cannot take no. What do you mean? We two years out the playoffs, baby. What you hold on now? You know that Chris Paul said that he got addicted to going to the finals, and I, I wanted to congratulate him because I've never seen somebody kick an addiction so fast in my life. That brother got the monkey off his back immediately. Clemson fans, it's a little different. It's a little different. They, you know, they've been going back again and again. I, listen, I'm just saying, Chris, if you're listening to this podcast, we will get you your one-year clean chip, your two-year clean chip, because we know, we know, brother, we don't. So, so don't worry about it. But uh, with that being said, in all seriousness, Clemson fans have gotten, they've gotten used to it. They've, they've now said that's the standard. And so he'll get one actual down year. Now, if well, he has two, blame it on. They can't let the year go unblamed. They gotta blame it on somebody. And, and here's Dabble, the thing: they'll blame it on Dabo. They'll, they'll blame Dabble, it on Dabo. He don't like taking no bullets. We done seen Dabo when his his, his feet were to the fire before. How he's responded. Of he's gonna blame the flag. He's gonna look yeah. at everything else. But at the same time, is Clemson gonna allow five games to just be lost like that? Because that's where they're headed. So they losing. They losing a lot this year. And so my uh, defensive line coach in college, Ryan Nielsen, gave me a great phrase I'd never heard until I got to college. He said, anytime you point a finger, you got at least three pointing back at you. You got at least three pointing back at you. Here's the thing. Clemson fans can hear all that. Oh, yeah, we're, we're blaming this for this happening, blaming that for that happening. When you win the 10, 11, 12, 13 games, you can, yeah, Dabo can deflect all he wants. But when this year hits and, and you're looking at a team that could potentially lose five, six, maybe even seven games. Now, all of a sudden, all right, our patience is wearing thin, but we can't get rid of a national champ after one year because then the question becomes, who do you replace him with? Who do you replace him with that, mm. that is happy to come to Clemson, South Carolina and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to turn this thing into a powerhouse the same way Dabo did? Who? Who's, 
who's out there that, that on the coaching market that wants to be uh, in Clemson, South Carolina right away? You'd have to think of somebody. Is, Clemson, is, it, is it a viable place now? Is it up there with them traditional programs that you can't say no to because of the success? And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that they are. I don't, I don't think that they have that status of if Clemson gives you a job offer, you can't say no. I don't think they have that status. I think that they go back certain, to a regular ACC team. Yeah, I think that there oh. are certain blue bloods. There are certain blue bloods that you can't say no to. Notre Dame is one of them. If Notre Dame calls you, I don't care what you're doing, unless you're at a Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Florida, uh, Texas, Texas, maybe Miami, maybe Miami. I'm gonna tell you, nice weather at USC. Yeah, those are schools that even if Notre Dame calls you, you're like, "Mm, I'm not so sure. Everywhere else in the country, oh, (laughs) hey, hey, listen, I'm I'm gonna send my players a text. Hey, hey, listen, the old ball coach cares about you, man. I love you. I'd love to be here for forever, but you know, I've got to do what's best for my family. You did what's best for your family and coming here. I got to do what's best for my family and going to South Bend. All right. So, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, I love you guys. I'm going to bring some of you with me. Okay. I saw how Dion did it. He bought his Louis. Well, y'all are Gucci. You're coming with me. Okay. That's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? That's just what's going to happen. But I don't think Clemson has that cachet quite yet to where. Like they've had sustained success over decades to the point where it's like yeah. we can't we can't pass up this job regardless. <clears throat> now again, if you have a coach that's from the southeast that is looking to get back to the southeast, like a Dan Lanning or something like that, and he turns Oregon into a perennial champion and all that good stuff, then you could see some something like that. But I don't think that it's a a job to where if they call you, you answer and you you go right away. I don't think it's that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. You know how a prize fighter that's undefeated loses that first fight? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they just never get it back. Kind of like Ariel Spence, right? Like, we're yeah. like, yeah. why are you asking for this rematch, bro? Like, why are you, this, yeah, why are you doing this? That? This ain't going good. And if you step it up after this rematch, we see you maybe losing again and ended up with three or four losses before you have to retire. To yeah. me, that's what that Notre Dame game last year was for Clemson. It might end up, because I don't know if that program has recovered physically 
from how they were dominated. It wasn't just the fact that Notre Dame beat them. Notre Dame lined up and just whooped their tails for right. four quarters. Right. And then you see them lose lose that game late against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They win the ACC championship, but then they they kind of make mistakes and have a chance early against Tennessee, but then they get dominated. But then they come out and get physically dominated against Duke and kind of it, – it, for me, September 23rd, because yeah. I still think they have a chance to kind of correct things Yeah, from a talent standpoint. I, I think they're talented enough. That Hey, they did Florida State at home, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if Dabo is going to get things in order, as much as people now are saying, okay, Florida State's ready to roll up in there and just the yeah, way they yeah. look against LSU, Florida State's about to roll up in there and just, just kill Clemson. I, I really don't think they're just going to roll up and kill. I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game. So so let me say this. It's week one. It's college football. And here's the greatest thing about college football. College football coming back is the first national football that everybody can talk about together. Because high school right. football is different. We know high school right. football is being played. But high school football is regional. You know what I mean? Like, if I tell somebody from Arizona, yeah, I play for Cass Tech. They don't know the cash shade that that has. The same way folks from the Midwest would say, oh, you play for Cass? Okay, all right. If I play for Don Bosco Prep, right? Same thing, right? That's that's how that rolls. It's regional in terms of that. Even the big national schools, your IMGs, your Bishop Gormans, they're not they're not talked about throughout the country in, in that way that college football is. College football, because it now garners national eyes every single game, you're going to see overreactions in week one because people are ready to get a takeoff. I ain't got a takeoff. That's based on football in in five months. I got to say something. Let's calm down. I understand that Clemson is looking like they're on the decline. Again, Clemson got tapped out. I know Sugar Ray versus Roberto Duran when I see it. I know when you don't want to get off that stool. No mas. No mas. I know when you get no mas. They got no mas in that game. I understand that. They got no mas. I understand that. But with that being said, these are still the Clemson Tigers. This is still a team that we're looking at game one with Garrett Riley and Kay Klubnick and company. As they get better and more aligned in terms of this is what the offense needs to look like, this is what we need to do to win. As they get their kicking situation figured out, because how demoralizing is it to think to yourself as an offense, even if we get down to the 10-yard line, I'm not sure if we can kick this ball in because both kicks didn't miss. They were both blocked. That's much more problematic than a miss because now you're looking around saying, all right, is he is his trajectory off? Are we not protecting? Do they know something about our protection that now we got to touch down every time? You're putting too much pressure on yourself. You're not just playing within the floor of the game. So while I am excited as everybody to, to talk about Dabo and, and all of that that's going on down there, I would urge everybody around the nation, you know, in the words of New, uh, I believe it was, uh, uh, what was it, New Edition, you got to cool it now. You know, to tell me, trust me, everybody wants to scream that Clemson's over. Let's give it a second. Let's let it breathe. By week four to five, we will fully know what this team is and what they're not, just like a lot of teams around the country, as well as Florida State played to end that game off. There were multiple moments that if Brian Kelly doesn't wet the bed, if he knows what a halftime adjustment looks like, this team very (laughs) easily wins that game. If every time Keon Coleman sees number 22 on him, he's giving the sign for a fade ball, what does that mean? He's He's literally giving the sign. He gave the sign multiple times for a fade. If I see that out of one of my corners, and and not only is he giving a fade, because every receiver is overconfident. Every receiver thinks that they're always open. 
It's but a he's different four and he run like he it's a it's a I don't care how big and fast you are. If I see you burning my guy multiple times, all right, all right, all right, guys. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna bracket them. Okay, you play inside and underneath, you play outside and over the top. When he runs that fade ball, listen, we're stopping the run, and this is the part that killed me about Brian Kelly. They were stopping the run without committing extra bodies to the box. Yeah, why are you only playing single high? What are you doing? What are you he's what's got, going through your head? LSU yeah. DBU trash. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't listen. Let me tell you something. Uh DBU, ECU, LBU don't matter. Don't matter. If I see my corner looking at the back of a receiver's head like a good barber, at some point in time, I'm gonna send a safety <laughs> over there. I'm gonna send a hey. Listen, listen, we'll we'll correct this, we'll look at the film, but brother, you need some help. You need some help. So we're gonna get you some help. And and whoever got Johnny Wilson, you you got him one up. Whoever That's got Tofili, you got him one up. Whoever got these tight ends, you got them one up. But 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 that number four, he's exactly. moving different. He's moving different. So we need to do something different. Tell about with that to the house. But what again, but again, LSU was another team that got no moss. They got tapped out as well. So now everybody's saying Florida State is the greatest thing in the world. Well, when has Brian Kelly ever won a big game? When has Brian Kelly ever had his and, team show up? And, and he did win we his tried, He won we his tried to four one. LSU Wait a fans. minute, he won his Bama game, and he. I, and right. listen, listen, I'll, I'll give you, you that. You I'll said he won that. what? Oh, last year. Okay. But let me, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let, let me ask you this, okay? Because you know I'm a big believer. And all things are about relationships, and and I'm not one of those football is life people, but you can look at football and draw a lot of comparisons to life. Now, let's say you had an old lady, okay, and and and, and every time y'all were supposed to go out on a date, there was always something that came up, okay. And then mm -hmm. ten times that y'all had set a date to go out, one time y'all actually go on the date, and the other nine times she flake on you. Are you gonna sit up here and say, yeah, that's the woman of my dreams? There, I don't care what she looked like, how good she is, I don't care if she can eat a cookout shake without a straw. Okay, I'm telling you right now, I'm yeah. telling you right now, yeah. you would still be sitting up there saying to yourself, "Now wait a minute, hold on, something ain't right here." Brian Kelly is that he's a, he showed up and did his big one that one time. Every other time it's a big game on the floor. What happens? Boys get ran up off the field. And the worst part is the first half is generally close. And then all of a sudden in that second half, they get blown out. So what does that mean? You have the horses in the stable to win the game, but your coaching does not shine through. And I'm going to tell you, I've watched football in a way. I watched the All-22. Don't worry about how I get it. But I call around, call my sources, call them. I get the All-22. And when you watch certain teams, you can see. A team is coached well, they make adjustments. And you can see when the team is not. When I watched Dion in, in Colorado last week, everybody talks about Travis Hunter's interception. People don't talk about the fact that the, the old saying goes, and Malik, you know this because you play football, coaches coach you through the first three to five steps. Everything yeah. after that is you being an athlete. Now, if you watch that interception that Travis Hunter caught, what happened on that play? They ran what you would call slant flats on Madden, but that really wasn't what happened. They said two picks on the inside defenders, Got the running back to the flat and trusted that the corner was going to go with wide receiver number one inside. Boom. Easy flat touchdown. What happens instead? Every defender from Colorado by that third to fifth step, all of them, their eye discipline, the Mike linebacker goes, all right, wait, I got the back. No, I don't. Somebody's going away. Somebody's coming to play. His eye snapped to the next man. The, the uh, corner that was over the slot, his eye snapped to the next man. And Travis snaps to the running back. That is what I mean by you can see when guys are coached well and when they're playing ball at a high level because of coaching. 
And that's something I did not see from LSU. I didn't see the plays where I looked at them and said, in the second half, this is a well-coached team. They knew what was coming. They knew exactly what was happening here. So I'm looking at Brian Kelly saying, all right, brother, I'm not going by the exception. I'm going by the rule. The rule is you don't show up for big games, especially in the second half. So I, I can't fool with you. I can't trust you. And at the end of the day, that's what I saw against Florida State. So does that make Florida State a great team? Or does that make Florida State a team that you took advantage of a coach failing to adjust like he always does? Yeah, that's fact. Look, I watched that game. I had the same sentiments you had. And I felt like this is – I'm watching the same thing I watched when Notre Dame walked in as a double-digit favorite of Florida State to start the season two years ago. Yep. And we're going to overtime trying to figure out, like, why are we in overtime with this Florida State team? Because at that program, Mike Norville didn't have that program anywhere no. near no. as talented as they are now. No. And no, you're, you're absolutely right. I looked at the coaching in that game, and I said, I think Florida State had some big coaching mishaps. Yeah. Yeah. In that game. And, and that's and that's ultimately why I'm looking at again, week one shows us the picture of who teams are relative to each other in that head-to-head mm-hmm. matchup. I'm not ready to crown anybody or say anybody's terrible after one week. I'm not ready to do it. Even Oregon last year when they got absolutely blasted by Georgia. I said, yeah, that team on, looks man. rough. That team looks rough now, but who knows what they could be. And Georgia could just be that good. They could just be head and shoulders above everybody in that way. They proved themselves to be that. And so I'm not ready to, to fold in on anybody or call anybody the new greatness yet. However, some of y'all are on fraud watch. Looking at you, Dabo. Looking at you. Looking at y'all. You know, some of y'all are on, on fraud watch. Looking at you, Brian Kelly. Looking at you, LSU. Looking at you, Jane Dane. We, we watching you, you know. Are you, are you going to put Sark and Texas on fraud watch based upon how this weekend goes? I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Sark can absolutely be put on fraud watch. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Everybody, Texas and Miami, I don't know what it is about those two those two teams. But, mm. you know, they wasn't even screaming the Rockets back this much in, in 03. I have never seen anybody that everybody wants to be back this bad. I ain't never seen it in my life. They beat up these teams. Both of those teams could beat the, the Southeastern Delta Valley Directional School for the Differently Able. And all of a sudden, Texas is back. They're back. Like my, yeah, oh, yeah. Dallas Cowboys the same way. It's the Texas teams get you know, overrated. I do not like that. You know, you know, I'll tell you what, they ready to scream they back after one game. But I'm gonna yeah. tell so you that, that that Texas A and M Miami is like the, the fraud matchup of the week then. Hello. Oh, yeah. oh, trust me, because because everybody in that game is on fraud watch because Jimbo been on fraud watch for a minute. Now, you know, fake watch buster came last year. He had listen, all five stars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jimbo they said there. they said that's the best team money could buy. Some of them boys is gonna be taking a a, a pay cut going to the NFL. I said, wait, <laughs> you you think all I said, y'all, y'all think all them going to the NFL? Hold on, hold on, hold on now. You think all them boys out of college states going to the NFL? Whoa, 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 whoa. So, with that being said, this is a fraud watch game all around. Jimbo, you coach it for your life, brother. Because all that money that, that they putting into that program in college station. If you look at the NIL numbers, Texas A&M is never worse than like fourth or fifth. Never. never. And never. so to see that you're the fourth or fifth best team in your division in the SEC, oh, brother, <laughs> you're uh, – for that. As, as Ralphie said on The Simpsons, <laughs> I'm in danger because uh, Jimbo, that's where you're at, brother. You in some hot water. That seat going to get hot as fizzy pretty soon. But both of those teams are, are on that watch. I would say Miami's not on fraud watch as much because Miami fans have finally accepted they're in a rebuild right now. 
they know that they're in the rebuild. Texas, however, they believe we're on the back end of a rebuild. We got Quinn, we got Archie, we got all these ball players. Oh man, we got you know we we got what we need now. We got the horses in the stable to give you what you want. Okay, all right. You played Alabama close last year, and everybody got excited because y'all were in the moral victory stage. You have now moved into there are no more moral victories. You have to win this ball game outright. If Money Mill Row looks like Money Mill Row against y'all, instead of, hey, get number four out the game. If that's the case, guess what? You know, Texas, Sark, they're going to ask some questions about you, brother. They're going to ask some questions about And listen, listen, we love you, Sark. We, we glad to hear about your comeback story and all that you've been through and, and getting back on the right path. America loves a comeback story. America loves them some Longhorn football. But guess what? If y'all get exposed in this game, if you get the wheels whooped off you in this game, oh, man. That opinion oh, gonna shift on you. Oh man! Before yeah. we let Ken Gibbs, who was please, man gracious enough to join us today, leaves us on today, man, we want to uh, give him an opportunity to educate my co-host. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my co-host, my co-host seems to think that the quarterback in South Carolina is the greatest thing since since like talent wise. Yeah, uh, I mean he. Oh man, he's going. He's going to the NFL draft and. You don't I, understand. I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. I liken Spencer Rattler to a Dollar Tree version of Aaron Rodgers. And <laughs> let me tell you why I say that. And listen, listen, this ain't disrespect. This ain't disrespect because I actually agree with Malik that when it comes to just raw talent, when it comes yeah. to in a, in a complete void of everything else, in a void of his attitude, yeah. the way teammates view him, the stuff going on with his family, and whether or not his father is too involved and all that, in a void away from all that. You're looking at one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen in some time. He, yes. If you watch that game against UNC, that boy was running around for his life. For his I mean, life. they were they were after that boy like it was a pack of ferrets on the first day of hunt season. They were after him in a way that I ain't seen in a while. I mean, good grief. They were on his head. That DeAndre Francois game versus Ole Miss. They yeah, yeah. His ass up. Yeah. That old line yeah. was not and, even existing. And here's the worst part. North Carolina put up better numbers defensively this year against South Carolina than they did against FAMU last year. I want you to think about that for a second. They didn't have eight sacks against FAMU. They didn't have – FAMU had positive rushing yards. South Carolina negative. So <laughs> – so Wait, FAMU, and they just beat Jackson State to have to sleep. And listen, and listen, go Rattlers. We're going to show you your love, Rattlers. You know, we believe in – hey, I'm never going to down the HBCU unnecessarily. That's just not in my constitution as men. But with that being said – if we're looking at South Carolina, we're talking SEC football here, and it just means more. Well, blocking sure as hell didn't mean more to them boys last week. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they had going on. The, the defense made Drake May look human. They made Superman and Baby Blue look human, and the offense couldn't piss a lick. So Spencer Rattler, I agree, Malik, in terms of – again – if you strip away the intangibles, if you strip away the body language, if you strip away the pouting on the sideline at Oklahoma and all that, and a complete void, again, it's the same thing that you do with Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers, if you look at his talent, away from everything else, he is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it. But when you add in, when you add in, does anybody actually like this guy? Like, does anybody <laughs> actually say, like, oh, man, I love me some – and don't get me wrong. Of course, you're going to have his teammates who are like, oh, yeah, David Bakhtiari, I'm sure love him. Randall Cobb, he's been dragging around that bag of bones we call Randall Cobb for the last four five years. Of course, Randall Cobb going to like him. There's a reason he's employed. But it's a situation where 
Spencer Rattler, uber talented. If he can get in a good situation and if he can get his head right, because he's a little bit of a head case, according to what we've seen, again, I don't know everything about what's going on in the inner workings, but I know when I see a quarterback on the sideline, towel over his head, arms folded, I don't really want to be here. That's bad body language. That's bad. That's that's a cancer that spreads throughout your team. So I understand him being taken out as a starter and Caleb Williams being put in. I understand that because they're on a similar talent level, but you ain't seen those same things from Caleb. You have not seen the same things in terms of, mm, I'm not sure if I want to be, mm, nah, this ain't look bad. So with that being said, I, as much as I would love, because I hate quarterbacks. I'm a defensive lineman, baby. I, you know, I, there's something in me that just, I, I've been looking at Malik all, all episode like, you, you all right up there? Because I, I don't trust quarterbacks. You know what I mean? You got to tr- tap your pockets, hold them down when, when you're around quarterbacks. But with that being said, he Malik is right. Spencer is uber talented. He just got a lot of other things. <laughs> that other Everything stuff. that doesn't. Everything outside the talent is questionable at best with the ball. Questionable <laughs> at best. Questionable at best. <laughs> so before left, left, we have to get Kenton in on the question of the day. Let's do it. Let's do Yo, it. What's the question? First of all, you're from Detroit. Yes, sir. West Side born and so raised. I, I, I don't know where you're going to go on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully reasonable side. Do you put sugar in your grits? Uh, I'm going to tell you this. I'm a, so a listen. listen a I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. When I was so, uh, a lot of people don't know this story about me, but I'm going to tell it to everybody right now. Okay. When I was working at WRL, it's the largest news station in Central North Carolina, you know, number one news station, all that. What people don't realize is news don't pay nothing. You are, you are getting paid uh, in, in friendships and handshakes, basically. And so with that being said, I had to come up. Everybody got to have a struggle meal. It's like an offense. They got that one play that they run everything off of, be it inside zone, be it power, be it whatever. So in your budget, you got to do the same thing if you're struggling. You got to find that one meal. That's your basis. My one meal was grits. I knew literally a hundred different ways to make that thing up. I knew some shrimp and grits. I knew some shrimp and chicken. I knew uh, I knew some some grits with the, the shrimp and chicken, all that. I knew some grits with the pepper in it. I knew some grits with a little bit of cornmeal in it, with brown sugar in it, with regular sugar. I've made grits every way you can imagine. So I'm going to say this. When you're talking grits, sugar and grits, or uh, salt and pepper and grits, when I'm normal me and I'm doing well financially, I'm a salt and pepper guy. But if I'm if I'm salt, pepper, and butter, and a little bit of cheese in it, that's the guy that's I am. When I'm hard, stand away. But when I'm struggling, baby, just give me the grits and get out the way. I'll figure it out. Okay, I, I hit you with the Kobe Bryant. You know what this means? Get out the way. Get out the way and let me get them grits. I'll make it happen. So you know, I don't judge the sugar and grits people because I've had it. It's not bad. It's not bad. It is. A, you know, they. If you ever seen soul food, you are gonna get the big mom in your arm messing around right. with that. But right. you know. I, I, you know, I ain't gonna say I've never had it. So, so I'm, what's, I'm a the craziest, what's the craziest thing you ever did from a food with your combination? I'll give you a reason. I told Malik, we were talking about mm-hmm. crazy combinations. So we were talking okay. about, hey, if you're gonna do sugar and grits, you might as well do cream of wheat. Just go, just go all the way. Right, just right, do the cream right, of wheat. Right. And it's cool. <laughs> and so I was sharing with Malik, I said, man, when I was a youngster, in, mm-hmm. in Chicago, my mother, for some reason, used to uh, bake cheddar cheese on top of her apple pie. And so as a kid, I said, man, let mm-hmm. me taste that. Let me and taste I tasted it. it, and I was like, yo, I kind of like it. So it stuck with me until adulthood. So I told okay. Malik about it. And Malik was like, that's crazy. And of course, a bunch of people in the chat were like, were like yo, yeah, that's a Dutch-German thing. 
Like mm-hmm. it's it's known. It's a known right. combination. Right. And so I was like, man, that's crazy to you. And he was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, who puts cheddar cheese on top of apple pie? What's the craziest combination of thing that you suggest to people? Like, yo, hey, this is hey, you might want to try this. It sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, it's all right. So I'm, so I'll break you off with two. I'll break you off with okay. two. One is my okay. personal recipe. One is a family recipe. Okay. So one thing that's that's big about me, I'm a big I'm big on honey. I like honey as a sweetener is so powerful. It's a game changer because it doesn't, for whatever reason, when you heat up honey, it doesn't have that same overly sweet deal that okay. uh, sugar has. Okay. Mm-hmm. So honey on chicken is immaculate. Honey on fried chicken. If you get that fried chicken crisp right, and you yeah. put that honey on that th- you gotta come to uh, Honey Kettle. Honey Kettle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling so you. Is, put that spot, is, is, is it a spot out there that so, you hit so up in, for that? So if y'all gonna be in Raleigh, if y'all gonna be in Raleigh for this game, Beasley's Chicken and Waffles. Uh, and you can get the chicken with honey on it at Beasley. I don't think that they do it quite like I do it, but I think they do a decent job. With it. You know, you know, okay. you can tell, you can tell it ain't us necessarily back there cooking it. If you know what I'm saying, you know, right. I don't need to hear no that. Right. The right. second one, the second one is a family recipe. Auntie Lynn, you know, don't don't get mad at me. I love you, Auntie. I, I know you're gonna be watching this. Uh, she's been with me since since I was a little kid. When I was in little league, and my shoe came off in the game, she. Jumped over the fence, hopped on the field, put it back on the title for me. So, Auntie Lynn, I love you, baby. I know you're going to be watching this, but she does this uh, broccoli and honey in the cornbread that goes crazy. I know. I know. I would try that. It it sounds bad. It sounds bad. But I'm telling you, broccoli and honey in her cornbread, I don't know how she does it. But the the combination, it just works. And listen – Malik, the first time I saw it, I did the same thing. I would never forget it. I was about four years old, and I went over there for Christmas, and I'm like, oh, yay. Like, I, at this time, I didn't have a concept of, like, oh, this should go with this, or that should go with that, or whatever the case may be. I'm eating the the, the cornbread, and I'm like, hey, what's this uh, What's this kind of mushy thing we got going on here? What's this? Look. And then I look at the bottom of it, I'm like, Ma, is, is the cornbread spoiled? She said, fool, that's broccoli. Just keep on eating. You, you liked it, didn't you? You know, and I was a tubby kid. I ain't gonna lie to you, okay? The muscles came after puberty. Before then, I was shaped like number zero, looking like a little Michelin man around there. So, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't gonna stop eating, but that's that's a combination that I'll tell you. Every day and twice on Sunday, man, if my auntie make that 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 pot or that uh that script skillet, that skillet of uh of cornbread with uh broccoli in it, oh, I'm all over it. I'm too. I'm on it tougher than UNC was on Spencer Rattler behind. I'm, I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> I think I'm going to give that to my mom. Like, yo, we need to try this. Okay, now listen. My mom it, does the sweet, she does the sweet cornbread with the corn in it. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard you know, of cornbread with the corn with in it. I know that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I might ask her to throw that broccoli in there. That sounds listen, very give, interesting. So give me a call and I, I, I'll, I'm going to hit know. you up. I can't tell you exactly how she make it because because see we we got to think about our family recipe. You know they they already told me that they can't give me the the, the family barbecue sauce recipe because they said, "Can you love every girl you ever seen in your life?" So you just gonna go give away our family sauce and somebody gonna be making money off. I said, "Well, listen, I, I'm a lover boy. I can't help myself, but I ain't gonna give away the, the secret tell, sauce." I can, I can tell you're a lover boy because in in your analogy, you made it to date ten, bro. I wouldn't have made it to date five. <laughs> you know, old girl about to blow me off. She's not getting the date. Maybe three or five. Well, I, I you, and Notre Dame, you and Notre Dame fan, so Brian Kelly that left you standing hey. at the aisle plenty of time. You was st- plenty of time. 
She gonna be coming. She gonna come any day now. You know, the the waiter coming by refilling your water. You sure you're not ready to order yet? Oh yeah, yeah. She'll be here. Give me another five minutes. Yeah, sure. Give us another five. Give us another five. Co-host locked on ACC with our girl C squared. Ken Gibbs right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Also co-host of Locked On Wolfpack, man. Mm -hmm. We thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, man. You got to come back on with us, bro. Just because, just to talk life in general, film, movies, everything. Yeah, just we got to have you on for one of our film and and music reviews. Oh, listen, I'm I'm now listen. I'm a little bit of a a madman when it comes to movies. I've seen way too many movies in my lifetime, and, and I'm gonna tell you. I'm one of those guys that that for me personally, watching a new movie is like one of my favorite things to do, be it in That's theaters, right, be it at home. You know, it, you just if you see uh, everybody says, oh, all the movies are the same now. Well, yes, generally. But from since the beginning of time, if we go back to Homer and the Odyssey up to now stories follow a general plot line like that's not nothing new. You know, what I mean, right. you have a hero, you have a protagonist antagonist, you have some conflict in there. And that's what you get. You get the antagonist looking like he's gonna win or she's gonna win, and then the the victor helps. That's happens. And they yeah, yeah, yeah. There's normally somebody either a, a very pretty companion or a side guy with washboard abs and Chris Hemsworth coming out of nowhere. That's that's what movies have been for forever. So let's not stop acting like this is something new and all that good stuff. But I'm I'm ready. You know, I'm gonna tell you, I enjoy being on with y'all. And like I said, I'm I'm watching quarterbacks because now I ain't, I ain't gonna say. <laughs> hey. listen, I, Hey, I'm, gonna hit, it's big I'm, I'm gonna hit you off line, baby. When it's Bears Lions, baby. Oh, 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 oh. Let me, let me y'all, y'all fan base, Not, y'all hit, fan base, been chirping real loud see, this offseason, boy. And, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Of all the NFC North teams, if somebody told me, "Can I give you a million dollars? You got to root for somebody in the NFC North except the Lions." It would be the Bears. It would be okay. the Bears because okay. the Bears talk, they talk, but at least they got the Super Bowls to back it up, and the Bears have earned their Super Bowl. I don't remember watching the Bears games and seeing a bunch of calls where I'm just like, all right, now what's going on here? The only call I ever remember thinking that about was that Calvin Johnson catcher. You know the one I'm talking about. That, that did establish. Yeah, yeah. That catch that didn't establish a bunch of other terrible calls that now it's has driven the football. Process. Right. It, it's right. now driven football back in the opposite direction to where they're like, all right, if you catch it and make two steps, it's right. a catch. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's a yes. catch. Yeah. You know. The other than that, I have not seen the Bears with a lot of calls that that are like, all right, what, what's going on here? The way the Packers have. I don't care if it's in the middle of a neighborhood. I don't care if all y'all own it. I don't give a damn about none of that. The Packers been the NFL favorites for years, and I'm sick of them. I'm, y'all, can't have, y'all can't help out Jordan Love. Y'all can't make him look better. So how about y'all them? Can't make him look better now. Y'all got to watch him struggle. Y'all gonna have to watch him struggle out and there. You thinking okay? Jerry go as the as the leader of the division though? So, so here's the thing. Hell, let I, that fly under the radar. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think Jared Goff doesn't have to win a bunch of ball games. He has to not lose a bunch of. Them. That's there's a difference. You know, Malik. Oh, you know so better than anybody. Quarterback like he was at the Rams. He don't got to. Yeah, lose. yeah. You can. So here's the thing. You can win with a quarterback because of a quarterback, in spite of a quarterback. Tom Brady, you win because of him, right? When he's balling out, you win because of the guy. Kirk Cousins, you win with. Him. You know what I mean? He doesn't. Tear you down, he doesn't. And then you got the quarterbacks that you win in spite of. Zach Wilson last year, you know, that type of deal where you are, brother, please help us. And everything they could. And and that's and that's what I'm saying. Jared Goff is a quarterback you win with. Maybe one or two games you win because of them, but for the most part, you just win with them. All the rest of the league, 
Kirk Cousins, when them lights get bright, that boy frees up. And I hate Vikings fans, the second most, because they talk crazy to Lions fans. Y'all got the same amount of Super Bowls we do. At least the Bears can talk. They got some Super Bowls. The Packers, they can talk, they talk. They got Super Y'all ain't got no Super Bowls, too. Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all got runner-up trophies, so we should be proud of y'all and the Purple People Eater from 70 years ago. Uh, that, that, you know, that, oh, ooh, ooh, we're so scared. We, you know, them boys. I get the line in the same boat is what you said. That's what I'm saying. Y'all in the same boat as up. Until y'all get a ring, don't say nothing to us about not having a ring. Y'all got close. Yeah, yeah, that's just what it is. And, and Chicago and Detroit, most of us cousins. And exactly. exactly. Anyway, so. yeah, you know yeah. what they say. You know what they say. Uh, Detroit and Chicago, we just Alabama and Mississippians with fur coats on. You know, so we, oh, bro, we, hey, we right Malik, there. We right there. Malik, it's the funniest thing because I swear, Detroit looks at Chicago as country and Chicago looks at Detroit people yeah, as country. Yeah, it's the crazy that's exactly thing how it world. That's we exactly how it We look at each other yeah. like, man, what a town like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at why, each other like, <laughs> why? Why is all they? Why they always wearing all that gaudy jewelry? As if Dapper Dan not from Detroit. Come on, right. that <laughs> man put double G's on everything. I ain't never seen the double G that much. And he was a Detroiter, so that that's how I roll. You know what I mean? But but there yeah. is nothing but love in my heart for Chicago. Now Minnesota and Green Bay, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Watch it, y'all. Watch it now, y'all. Ain't we ain't gonna have this type of back and forth. Ain't no ain't no friendliness. Ain't no joking with y'all about y'all beating us during the season. No, 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 not a lick of it. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hey, when you enjoy your film, man, make sure you get you some nice butter and salt. That's all you need on your pop. That's right. Malik, Malik is about the different seasonings and stuff. He eats. He, he's no, extra. no, no. I'm, I'm in the butter, middle, and top. I'm not. Give me the middle and the butter in the middle and top. That's me. It's got to be in the middle. Because I like when they disperse it. Put the I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. So when you go to the theater, do you have them stop halfway through? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. When they yeah. stop doing it and you got to do it yourself, it'll change it change movies. If you do it yourself, all you get is a wet hand on like the first couple of grabs, and then after that, the popcorn get real dry. So you you rocking it because I remember another crazy combination. Remember we talked about the popcorn with the raisinets and how people eat the all popcorn right, with the raisinets. You all you right, don't man. you don't you don't do the popcorn and M and M's and stuff like that, Kenny? Let me tell you something. People who do that, you need to be on the watch list. Now, I'm not saying, uh, listen, listen, I'm not saying that like like certain folks, you got to knock on everybody in the neighborhood door and tell them you're there, but maybe like a five house radius, like the five people immediately next to you. They, the, the, the house that you share an alley with, they need to know. They need to know. You need to walk up to them. Hi, I'm Malik. I eat uh, M&M's with my popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, honey, we need to move. This neighborhood's going down. This neighborhood. We we didn't move here for this. This is not what we moved here for. You gotta not be at all. People like that. That's what you exactly. Gotta you gotta watch them. You gotta watch it. It's just like the person that come up next to you in the stall when the whole bathroom is open and they yeah, come in the stall next to you, brother. You need to be on the watch list. Yeah, you need to be on the watch. Killer is something. Who does? It's five other urinals open and every stall open, and you come stand next to me. Put them on the watch list. Put them on the watch list. Okay. We might have to name a new segment, the watch list. Just hey. <laughs> put them brothers on the watch. Every time we are kidding on, we're like, who's on the watch list, bro? Let me tell who, you. Who in sports? Who in sports and entertainment is on the watch list? Let me tell you, Antonio Brown. Put him on the watch list. I don't care what he got going. On. Put him on the watch list. He need to be on there. Okay. Anytime he come in the neighborhood, we need to be alerted that Antonio Brown is in your city. We need to know. We uh -huh. need to know. But you know, Liz Cambage, we love you. Talented. Oh, put her on oh, the watch list. Put her on the watch list. Put her, yeah. Real put her watch on the watch list. 
Put on the international watch list. Hello? She on the watch list in, in Australia, Nigeria, America. <laughs> no, you know, you know, oh I'm just saying, put her on the watch list. You know, so if y'all ready, I'm ready when y'all are, because I got a long list of folks that need to be on some watch list now. You know. Our boy, Ken Gibbs, right on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hey, KG, we'll talk to you real soon, brother. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me on, man. It's been a blast. Anytime. We're going to have you back on, man. Ken Gibbs right here, Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. We appreciate him joining us. Co-host, once again, locking in with him. And also Candace Cooper, who's been on here with us. Um, Locked on ACC, and he's also the co-host of Locked on Wolfpack. Great. Dude. That's, that was a fantastic interview, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was that was a fantastic interview, bro. And you know what? He's from Detroit. I'm from Chicago, man. That's, you know, the home the, the two home of the two greatest uh, running backs in NFL history. You forgot about Jim Brown. What are we talking about? I'll say it again. <laughs> the two greatest running backs in NFL history played in Detroit and Chicago. I'll say you, it again. You forgot about that brother, Jim. I'll say it again. You talk about that. Jim's easy to forget about. Rest in peace, Jim Brown. No, no, he, he, you know, we honor him because Jim, Jim, for several reasons. Outside, Outside I I respect Jim so much outside of how great he was. As an athlete. Okay. Just to get football, you can stick to lacrosse and talk about how cold he was. Bad brother. Shit, you know, if I start going to his exploits on the football field at Syracuse and like with the Browns, yeah, go all day. That goes without saying. But I think you know Barry and Walter, bro. I, I yeah, they they, they they very good staples in the whole scheme of things for sure. Mm-hmm. The staples at the centerfold. <laughs> you know how you open it up to the centerfold, you can see the staples. That's that's Walter and that's Barry. That's fine. They could be in the center for it as long as Jim Brown from Cleveland is on the cover. We good with that. Yeah, you want to be the center for though. That's okay. Yeah, you open that bad fella up and that's, yes, sir. <laughs> on the left. You're going to see the center for the season. This year. That's good. The center for the season, that's a good who Notre Dame center for piece at the end of the season. That'll be pretty good. So, guess um, before we go, oh, you know what? I know we, this is how we'll do this, bro. This is how we'll do this. Because I was about to add it into the end of the segment, but we'll just do it like this. Uh, you already know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com. The premium American whiskey and norwhiskey.com. So left, I'm up last night and I really can't fall asleep. And uh, I'm watching SEC Network. 
And they have some pretty good studio shows. So I'm watching Read and React with Cole Kublick and uh, Roman Harper. And they do a pretty good job of film work. I enjoy that show and all of a sudden, the next show starts out with a black screen and a familiar voice. And I'm like, hold on, I know this voice, who is this? And it's Brian Kelly's voice. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they start going to like scenes from like the last season, like the two pointer against Alabama and right. the bowl win and all. And I'm like, and then they end up and it's like, yeah, it's an all access show of LSU, LSU football for the season. Uh oh. So I'm like, oh, I got to watch this, especially week one, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Brian Kelly is the corniest. <laughs> Bro, I don't even understand how LSU football players can stand and sit in front of this dude and take him seriously, bro. Well, you knew the fake accent should have told that's, you everything. That's the way he walks into the meeting room and says, good morning, dude. Good morning. Good morning. Like, bro. It's not you. What? And this speech, like, we got, it's not about he, no, like, we don't believe you. You need more people. Yeah. Like, we just yeah. don't. He's just not believable, man. And the preparation, bro, I'm sitting here. They brought a snow cone machine. You know they have a snow cone machine on the sideline at practice, bro? Corny, a literal, man. a literal icy snow cone machine. Corny man, corny man. When they walk off the field for practice, LSU football players get icies, icy corny, snow man. cones. We had something like that at Florida, though. I ain't gonna lie. We had something did, like that at you? Florida. When we got after practice, they had these slushy machines. So I can, I can attest to it. It's not uncommon. It must be SEC stuff. Because it because it just be so damn hot, you know. They said they, they had like 10 straight days over a hundred. Yeah, like the, so the, slushies, the slushies be hitting too. They're, but they like spiced up slushies, like the super hydration ones, you know. They don't taste gotcha. like regular slush. They slushies, they don't they like super concentrated slushies where you get hydrated. So I can understand that, Brian Kelly. He trying to that's so I'm not I'm not suggesting. That anybody else watch this? This is just one of those late nights where you just <laughs> ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> got nothing to do. <laughs> but I would suggest that Notre Dame fans watch Week One because when they get watching them get smacked, all access, it made sense. And hearing Brian Kelly speak to them and put hearing brian kelly speak to them in the locker room after the game and literally put everything on them oh he put he put the he put the failure of the entire game on them damn and i said to myself i feel vindicated as a notre dame fan that's right that's right this is this is going nowhere it, give, give it a couple of years give it a couple of years yeah I'm like, I can't believe Logan Diggs actually left for this. Yeah, he thought it was a good decision. Go home. Sometimes. Man. Stay away from home. <laughs> man. You left home the first time for a reason. <laughs> like, bro, like, man, 
stand before your kids and say, man, we got to do a better job getting it's, you guys ready. It's Something. no different than uh than Tyler Buckner following Tommy. And Tommy done got him again and put him back in that that that, that bottom position. So left, you're a coach, bro. Even if your kids did play awful, bro, you don't stand in front of your kids and say, you know what? We didn't get everything done tonight. Coaches, we're gonna do what we need to do to get you guys ready and make sure we do what we need to do to win the next game. That's a coach. That's a teacher. Not man. He's not a coach. He's a businessman. You know, he's looking to put people in places and 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 manage systems. He ain't managing players. So yeah, Lucky Lucky Podcast tomorrow. Malik's three keys and the rest and our predictions for. I'm 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 leaning towards a blowout, left. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I'm definitely thinking. I that, am. You know, we will find a way to win, especially yeah. all things weather-wise go right. Hey, enjoy the rest of your day. Eat well. Stay away from sugar and grits. <laughs> and Try cheese on apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from that cheese on apple pie. <laughs> Oh, man, we love you guys. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Have a great day. Make sure you spin it there.